Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this week's episode, we discuss new information regarding Prince's death, the use of Prince's Twitter account, Jill Jones's recent comments on social media, the Minnesota Wild's new goal-scoring song, and a few musical tracks. And now, more funk for your buck, you can bet on that, Dr. Funkenberry. What's going on, everyone? Thank you, Ida, for that. Much love. Remember, guys, let me get this out of the way because we we're going to get deep this week. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes for non-iTunes users. Hit up Stitcher. Make sure to share the links. Get it out. This has been a pretty tough week for myself, for Chris, for all of us, and we're going to get into that. Um, right now, we're going to kick it off with a song that I just think is perfect for the moment. It's called I Miss You. It's by Breaker Box. Be prepared. could get to you guys, but it's really good. Kick it.
that was breaker box with miss you and timely with everything that's going on um we're gonna get into some stuff we found out over the weekend but thing that literally just happened right before we were gonna record actually i was on my way over here driving uh i the only account i still have on text alert for twitter is the prince account which hasn't been used since before april 21st um i get a message from that account that says um basically just so weird here sorry guys bear with me thanks for the outpouring of love you continue to show the one and only prince hashtag prince forever with a shot of the moon that I kind of used on my Instagram a couple of days ago that was made by a red fox bandit Martin um, I kind of almost drove off the freeway when I saw it um, well when I saw it I, I just glanced over it because it was on my Facebook feed I thought it was just your your tweet because of the picture I didn't even realize that it was Right. Who it was from? I just thought it was yours. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, just crazy. What I did was is just decided, wow, they're using the account. I heard about some people that got hired by the estate or something, and I kind of maybe knew something like that was going to happen. So I'm like, what do I do? I'm driving. Let me just put seven purple hearts, let it out, and I go, I wonder how the fans are going to react to it. Now, First thing I would have done if you're going to use the account or do something like it is possibly on the press release that they put out for the concert is uh, maybe said that, you know, ticket info or other like the artists are going to be announced. They said it's going to come that they'll be using the Prince account for that. Maybe give the fans a heads up, kind of like what we try to do with the podcast here when it comes to the divorce docs or other stuff that's been going on is kind of try to prep you for things. Right, don't just lay it on them. And another thing was, as I didn't see, is that they changed that I was in Chanhassen, Minnesota, the location, and they took away the Prince piano and a microphone thing. And now they said something about it being from 1958 to eternity for PRN. By the time I got to your place, my Twitter feed and texting was just... Oh yeah, I went crazy fast. And people were very sad and understandably so. Like and I upset. had to, Yeah, I had to have a quick reaction. What do I do? Ignore it. Let me put it out there. So Yeah, people are saying it's disrespectful and yeah, I mean you can't just, you know, throw that out there like that. Right. Anyway. So that's my opinion. And then like just craziness, man. It was an eventful weekend. And then, well, they let's, they deleted the tweet and they put everything back to normal. But the damage has kind of been done. People are upset. Of course. Um, this is why we're doing it. Just so you know, like I said, about the photo, I don't know why they used... The reason I used the photo, and we'll get, we'll get into that because that explains this weekend, is just that the way I was feeling this weekend that I saw the moon yeah, and how he's moon. been about the moon and over his career and recently, it kind of put me... At ease a little bit, and that's why I used it. I don't know why they used that photo because, in the past, 
uh, there's no such thing as coincidences. Mm -hmm. But in the past, you know, I've been accused of being the person that ran the Prince accounts. And uh, sorry, that wasn't me. Um, And the last one was him. And I think that's why people are more upset about anything is when he restarted this Twitter account, it was him tweeting. Yeah, there'd be someone else to tweeting photos or whatever, but for the most part, it was him handling it or being more involved with it than he was. So I think that was a pretty big misstep on their part. I don't think they were expecting the fans to be hurt as much, but you got to, like I said, give them an advance notice, just like what we're trying to do when the divorce docs, like how we talked about stuff last week, we're trying to give you a heads up of what's going to happen. Okay. Like we have any better news right now. Like, (laughs) you know, it was a rough weekend for all Prince fans. Not only was it the, the four month anniversary, but you know, it's, uh, it was just tough. I mean, like around seven 30 PM, my time, the West coast LA. When was this? Was this Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Okay. It's about to be into the anniversary, the four month anniversary, man, only four months. Really? It's only been four months. Like I can't remember the last night. Like I had a really good night's sleep. Like it seems like it's been longer than four months to me. I know other people feel that way. And some people just feels like it was yesterday. So the Tribune comes out with this article and the headline alone just gets to you. Pills seized from Paisley Park contain illicit fentanyl, same drug that killed Prince. And interesting written by Stephen Montmayer, who's one of the people that are trying to get those divorce documents unsealed with the Tribune. And, you know, it goes through some stuff. You know, just going to go through this glance at, like, pills marked as hydrocodone received from Paisley Park after Prince's overdose death actually contained fentanyl, the powerful opioid opioid that killed him, according to a source with knowledge of the investigation. Great. Here we are getting another source. Not the cops, not anything. And I know, look, they were trying to protect Prince. And now this obviously is some officer from their police department that's giving away this info now. And now not only they they have to hit you with that, they have to tell you they only weighed 112 pounds. And when he was married to Manuela and with Bria for a while, he was around the 130 mark. So he lost about, you know, 20, 25 pounds. Which is pretty significant for yeah. somebody that size. That is big. <clears throat> and the thing is what they try to let you know later on in the article, which means why they have to mention the weight in the first place. Yeah. So they're trying to do it for shock value. Right. It didn't matter how much he weighed. It could have been someone who weighed 500 pounds. What he took was strong enough, you know, to knock someone out. Yeah, they said it would have killed anybody, right? And then we get to this thing of Prince did not possess a prescription for fentanyl, a synthetic opioid opioid that has been described as 100 times, 100 times more powerful than morphine. Now, here's another thing. He was not prescribed anything for over 12 months. So any of... These pills that he was taking, whether they were needed or not, were never in his name. 
whether it was off right. the street or someone else doing it. Yeah, we saw the Walgreens shot of him waiting. It was not a prescription underneath his name. Right. That That's a key part to all this that we're going to get into later. <clears throat> and, of course, you know, despite the finding, investigators still aren't certain how the 57-year-old megastar ingested the fentanyl. However, they are leaning toward the theory that he took the pills not knowing they contained the drug. So here it is, the Tribune trying to get the divorce documents unsealed, trying to find some way that maybe it looked like he was an addict. And the more they keep digging, and I hate that they're digging, and people are probably like, well, why do you put out the story? It's just like kind of what I put in my Instagram post that we'll get to later about the moon, is that I have an obligation to the fans to let you know what's going on. And I always said this, no matter how rough things are, I'll let you know. Right. No matter how much it makes me look like an a-hole, going to do it. So he, he, it's an accidental, it's accidental, whether it's overdose, anything, accidental passing, you know, um, at least on Prince's part. And, you know, four months, man, I just can't believe it's only been four months. Well, the whole, the, the thing that really gets me about that whole article and I guess there's a few different articles that basically say the same thing, right? That he unknowingly took, they think that he unknowingly took the fentanyl, um, is the part where they were counterfeit drugs, that they were mislabeled on purpose as Watson 385, right? which is commonly uh, known as um, Valium, right? So did right. he think he was taking Valium and unknowingly ingested something else that killed him? Or did the person that got it for him, did they think it was volume or did they know that it contained this? That's right. huge. Right. That's, you know? I think, where the investigation is going to go. And, it, and uh, yeah, this can get this can get really deep. And it's just like, but, but that they're saying, you know, it seems more and more likely that Prince became a casualty of what is being called a new national crisis of deadly counterfeit pills. Yeah. That you're getting these these drugs from places. And look... He's a private person. So maybe, just maybe, 12 months, you know, he didn't want to see that there was going to be a prescription and stuff. He didn't want there to be a trace. The problem with that is sometimes not getting the right drug that you need or want. Hopefully, hopefully, no one did this on purpose, knowing that they were mislabeled pills and knowing it was taking something stronger. Right. Now, it's basically the, you know, illicit fentanyl is traditionally it's been mixed with or sold as heroin. The problem is, is that medication nowadays is costing more than heroin pain medication. Uh, Had that one actor, Philip Seymour Hoffman, heroin overdose. It's because it's cheaper than taking pain meds. It really... It's where it's a national epidemic right now that heroin is becoming the drug of choice in the United States. And let's be real here. We're all opioids. Yeah. For middle-aged white men. And this is why this is turning into a national crisis. Not because Prince died. Let's be real here. It's because it's affecting the middle-aged white man. It's hitting people in America. It's having a, a widespread thing in Minnesota and other places. That's why it's now this national crisis. It wasn't a problem uh for pills and whatever stuff when michael passed away seven years ago 
You know, maybe it wasn't the same drug, but he did have certain things in his system. Just saying, Um, you know, the DEA, which is the Drug Enforcement Administration, said drug traffickers have since expanded the illicit fentanyl market by producing counterfeit pills that contain the opioid opioid. And this is happening all over the United States, you know, and the last time. This is, this is a huge crisis, right? So how often do you think that they're doing these raids and trying to catch people making these pills? How often do you think, since this is such a huge deal now? You know when the last time they did it was? No. 2006. Yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> Again, now it's a problem because right. it affects the middle-aged white man. Donald Trump voters. Anyway, now I'm just playing. Um, and you know, it's just ridiculous 10 years yeah. 10 years is when they feel is a crisis and it's a trend um here's the thing that bothers me we'll get back to the fentanyl and other stuff and i know it bothered a lot of people that he was found in the elevator prince with his clothes and socks on backwards then you know there's some people saying that did someone dress him my explanation for that is that he didn't know he was taking this stuff and it was pretty powerful. And what's happening is, is when you're taking stuff like it, because they warned me after my surgery, they're on this stuff. It could kind of affect yep. your chest. Yep. Did kind of a little bit of a chest episode one time afterwards. Um, I'm thinking is that he, he came home, told the person that dropped him off. We're just going to say that person that dropped him off and told him not to stay. He did what we usually do after hospital visits that kind of wear us out mentally. He took the pills. He lay down. It was probably kind of warm. You know, remember when, when we saw the Walgreens shot, he was in his leather jacket. He had the skull cap on, the beanie. He got undressed. He lay down, probably like a tank top, Calvin Klein boxers, he wore boxers at that time. He felt really hot. He wanted to get out. And he knows that there's been cameras around Paisley. People caught him riding their bike on Monday and sold the, the footage to TMZ by Friday. So he needed air. He didn't have a cell phone to call anybody, unfortunately. I just think that he got dressed really quick. The socks on backwards. You know, look, he's wearing leggings. You know, girls, you guys can kind of attest to it. They probably put the leggings on sometimes backwards and you're getting dressed really quick. You just want to get out. Taking the elevator to get the heck out of there and something happened. And I know that's really hard to hear, guys. I don't think anyone dressed him. If they wanted to embarrass him, they would have left him that way. I don't think that was done. Um, he just wanted to get out. He wanted to either go for a ride or he needed some air. And he didn't get there in time. And that is freaking heartbreaking. That's what kind of got to me with the, the clothes being on backwards. That's what was my initial thought. I don't know how you felt about that when you read about the clothes. Well, the clo- is, I kind of echo your sentiment as far as the clothes are concerned. When you're, I, I actually think that he might have taken some other pills earlier, or not earlier in the night, but just maybe he, you know, something to take the edge off. And it wasn't doing what it wanted to do. Maybe he was in pain and, you know, he was a little loopy and maybe taking these other pills that he thought was Valium that ended up being the fentanyl 
and he got dressed, maybe he wasn't feeling good, like you said. And if he was a little loopy already, black clothes, you don't, you know, his his stuff isn't doesn't say Hanes on it. It doesn't have a tag in the back. I could see how he could easily have probably flipped him on backwards in his rush or being a little bit out of it already from drugs, you know, some pills that he'd already taken. So, but can, can we address one thing that people have been trying to say and rumor? He wasn't murdered. There's no way he was murdered. You know, the counterfeit pills. I'm just saying you don't, why would you murder somebody a, that has a long history ahead of him and B didn't have a will, you know, unless I wouldn't kill you, Jay. I wouldn't kill you unless I knew that you, I was on your will and you had millions to, to leave me. See, right. All right. That's my, I don't know about the murder thing. What I'm saying is, is that whether accidental or not, if you were the one getting him the pills and you're the one that was behind him getting the accidental stuff, uh, your, stu- <laughs> okay. your stupidity in the eye of the murder. law i in the eye of the no, law i can the, see what in the eye yeah. of it of it nah dude because you shouldn't have been doing that stuff plain and simple there's gotta be times where you're someone's friend instead of they're your boss that's why i wanted more woman around him an educated woman smarter woman i want to hear stuff about their age because julia ramadan was a great manager for him, and she was 21, and she had a good head on her shoulders. True, true. That crap wouldn't have been happening. That's all I'm trying to say. And here, here's another problem that I have, is that his body was found at 940. They're now putting the time that he may have passed away around 3 a.m. He usually didn't go to bed till around 5 or 6. You know, Prince is up at that time. He'd be hitting up Tamron Hall. You know, just I think he lay down for a little bit, and he got really hot. You know, and just too little, too late calling the doctors and whatnot. Just, it just, it makes me have to relive stuff because I was there the last weekend. They should have been freaking calling the other doctor doing other stuff. I hear this stuff that they were trying. They wasn't going to do it. And this is what I'm talking about is you got to, dude, you almost died in Atlanta. We're telling people it's the flu. Okay. Right. We told Doc Fungaberry it's the flu. He, you know, you, you're supposed to be, he's supposed to be telling the fans that everything is good, you know? And like I said, my main problem with that is when the two people that were close to him that night did not know that I was going to be there. That's when I started wigging out and saying, maybe this is something more than the flu. What do I do? Because he wants me to say everything is okay. Now it makes me feel like, you know, I can't be a walking contradiction here where I'm saying that these people that are close to him that know what's going on should be shaking him and going, do you need help? I'm just speculating. You know, the thing that I said got me is when they didn't know I was going to be there and he flew me out without them knowing that they were not told that I was going to be there. That's highly unusual. And the way they acted like I, like a can in the cookie jar, dude. But here I am. I don't know what's going on. I know he's wearing a leather jacket. It's 85 degrees in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. You know, something's up. He seemed pissed. I said it. He seemed perturbed. But I'm not there. He wanted me to leave on Sunday. I know he didn't want to talk. The thing is, is the people that were around him. I'm not trying to be a walking contradiction here. If I would have known, I would have done something. I didn't know. I'm going by what he's telling me. 
you know, and it makes me upset because it's just like Jill Jones. And we're going to get to that as well, that she maybe felt she should have said something back in February. Then now she feels that she could have done something. I don't know if there's anything I could have done with the limited time that I saw him. We didn't talk yeah. privately. You know, I'm not right. trying to add other stuff that other people did. I did not talk with him privately, you know, reached out afterwards to the lawyer saying thank you for coming thank you for the interview that's it it's just you know and the black shirt the black pants both were on backwards his socks inside out according to the source familiar with the case of course Uh, just all of this is just ridiculous you know and it hurts. And then it's like, I want to go out for a drive because I'm pissed. I talk with my friend, LA, you know, I'm not, she's talking to me. I'm just kind of listening, you know, I'm kind of looking at my Twitter feed blowing up. The news just stop, doesn't stop. We have this new thing. The inmate who says he's Prince's son is going to get another DNA test with that freaking crooked-ass lawyer. Cousins. That's all I'm going to say. He ain't my cousin. Cousin. Oh, my God. Um, and then you know, I go out for a drive. I really have a lot of stuff going on. And I see the moon. It looks beautiful. And... It was full moon, right? On Friday? Yeah. Well, it was Saturday. Saturday, I'm sorry. It wasn't as much, but it was big at the time that I was driving. And, you know, he's been big moon, big on the moon. His entire career, Chris Moon, who gave him his first chance, 1977. Um, you know, under the cherry moon, the man the moon is smiling. Just all this stuff. And then these phases of the moons that were, and then he was having phase right. one, phase two of the albums, you know, it kind of put me at ease a little bit as much as it could. So it's like <laughs> four or five hours later, I still can't sleep. I'm like, I go, you know what? Let me find that photo that Martin used of Prince in the Moon, which was used at Paisley Park the night I was there to play the Atlanta show that he wanted to release. And let me write something. And what I'm going to do is, is just kind of like <coughs> say what I wrote now. You know, because I think all you guys can resonate with it, with it, with, with what I'm saying, you know. <clears throat> Four months ago. Now, here we go. A new article. New information, as if today was going to be any easier. I read it. I have to. They keep looking thing, looking for things to do you dirty. Yet all they keep finding is that was an accident on your part. They don't need to look at divorce docs. Unless it brings you back, isn't it all useless? Last night's article, which is on their front page today, just stirred everything up inside me again. I had to get out. I was driving, then I saw the moon. It looked beautiful. The moon, which played a big part of you recently, it always has, from Chris Moon in 77 to Under the Cherry Moon in 86. The moon calmed me down last night. As I said, none of what, none of what they find matters if it doesn't bring you back. 
I'm at a loss. The world is. Some of us hurt more than others. We know who was really down from day one. I know that you know. I can't ignore what is said, and we shouldn't ignore it. But we have to keep them honest. I'm giving them your famous side eye. I will continue. Pre- I will continue protecting you. I have an obligation to the fans, fams, but I also have an obligation to you. I still haven't grieved, but I know you know are watching, and you know why. The moon last night proved it. Privately, I'm fighting, and you know this. In public, I'm fighting as well. Doing both, just like when you were here. You are still are, but in a different way. It was easier to deal with the name-calling when you were here, but you never backed down from anyone, so neither will I. Take her to the moon. He will take us all, Tricky, if we just believe. Much love to you and you, A2116. <sighs> you know, and then 12 hours later, another article that now hits the AP hits. And it just, it talked about what you said about the numbers being mislabeled. And that there was a dozen tablets um, there that were found in a dressing room at Paisley Park. The vast majority were in bottles labeled as vitamin C and aspirin, whereas like Bayer or um, Aleve. I, thought, I saw one article said Aleve, Bayer. And they were, the they were tucked inside a suitcase and bags, including one Prince often carried with him. Sure. Who knows? Maybe he switched them out and scattered around. People didn't know. Some take, some get taken, some don't. It makes sense that he would scatter them around. But yeah. And here, here's the thing: is this case isn't closed. You know, authorities are still investigating how Prince obtained the drugs. Uh, but doesn't this hurt everything? You know, this information coming out. I understand why. You know, the cops didn't want to hurt the fans or hurt his legacy when coming out. But isn't this worse that we keep getting this stuff from time to time? And it's not helping the situation. And they keep trying to find more dirt. It's like we can't get over this. We still, they had another private memorial at Paisley Park, y'all. Hey, but what about the fans? Uh, We're less than 47 days away from this concert that's supposed to take place in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Arena, the football stadium, we have no acts announced. Uh, we have Paisley Park uh, went under the radar on Friday that the people yeah. that run Graceland are now going to be running Paisley, and they're trying to open it up quickly. So the, these whistles and bells that I mentioned that Paisley should have, they were gonna if they're going to open it up quickly, it's not going to have those bells and whistles. They're yep. going to be let in. This is where he was here. This is where he's at. If they get someone who's knowledgeable about it. Yeah. You know, they yeah, have. That's, that, they're not going to have anybody that knows anything in the beginning, I bet. Oh. They're going to open the doors. They're going to say, okay, here's Studio A, here's Studio B. They hired an elevator. They hired two people that were, one was employed until January, and they hired another one that was still employed passing, but they weren't the ones who did the tour, but one of them did know things, and yeah. I think that's why that they were hired. Okay. But yeah. At least they do know. Let's not let's not put the urn by the elevator. I heard about that. Let's not put the urn by the elevator. If anyone's listening to this, come on. Have some freaking common sense. You know. And 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 in that in that new article, the official said Prince had many of these pills with him on April 15th when the airplane he was on made an emergency stop in Moline, Illinois. 
So the thing that's important about that is this was not something he got in the last few days. He had them for a little bit, you know, and on that plane ride afterwards, he had two doses of Narcon. And I know that's used to reverse suspected opioid overdoses. It plays into another part. So Prince cannot be taking anything that's close to an opioid, whether it was, you know. Percocet. Right. Because he had Percocet in his system the week before. Right. No fentanyl. You can't have that anymore because it flushed out his system. You can't have it anymore. It's going to be deadly. You know, that shot saved his life, but now you can't any have any of that other crap in there. And this is why these trips to the hospital, should have been someone going, dude, you need to stay in there, man. Or yeah. we need to get your prince. We need to get, look, you need to tell me that they don't do this at, at uh, Cedar sinai Medical here in L.A., that they don't have it to where they can have a doctor requested on call at someone's house, a personal right. doctor. You mean to tell 24 me 7 that they couldn't have Prince. someone there with him? Right. Since, you know, the person was sent home at eight and had to listen to him because that's your boss, not your friend. And that's why I wanted more women around him because he would freaking listen to him. The guys were a little bit more submissive and I have no problem with that. I know that because I fought more with guys that worked with him more than females. I got along better with females and that usually doesn't happen in my life. Um, <laughs> but the males were just, they didn't want to stand up to him, you know? So, and the whole doctor stuff, all this stuff just coming out again, just really upsets me. And then there is another article. It's kind of, it's new and it's relevant, but it's more of coulda, woulda, shoulda. But the headline makes you think otherwise. It's from CNN. A clue in Prince's death could have big consequences. Now, if that isn't a freaking clickbait headline, <laughs> I don't know what is. Um, and they basically say that whoever was getting him the meds could be facing a pretty long jail sentence, at least 20 years, two decades for it. Um, an important new clue, investigators probing Prince's death have found that pills at his compound at Paisley Park were mislabeled, according to Minneapolis Star Tribune. New clue four months later. New clue. Fantastic. You know, to some people, he wasn't just this megastar or whatever. Some of us were his friends. New clue. What is this? Mysteries of Laura? You know, a new clue four months later by the season finale? Come on, man. Fentanyl is no joke. It's incredibly dangerous. Of course. And see, but here's, here's the thing. They talk about the two decades, you know, that the person can spend jail. To prove this crime, the government would have to prove that someone, one, intentionally distributed fentanyl to another person, two, knew that fentanyl was a controlled substance at the time of distribution, and three, Prince's death resulted. Need all three to happen. You ain't going to have that, yeah. especially if you're lawyered up. You know, just not going to happen. That's it. I just don't think, I just think it was negligence on so many parts and just trying to do the thing for the boss, not the friend. Yeah, being the yes man and not being the friend saying no and putting your foot down and saying, no, you need to stay in the hospital. 
let's not say yes man there's more than one person involved in this over a course of time sure so it's yes men and women yes women mm-hmm. okay just gonna say that and you cannot be charged for murder for bad mistakes or stupidity that's it and i think this is what it is and it's not fair because none of this is going to bring him back all it does is just stirs it more and more inside us and there's no solution just like with this freaking twitter post tonight you didn't think things through and you were the people that are around him when he passed closest to him yeah i think that's what made um God, yesterday was really tough. I'm sure there was, I know there were a lot of fans that it just, I don't know why this, I guess because it stirred up all the emotions again. And with the four month anniversary, you know, that alone was enough to, to make people really sad. But with all of this just stirring it back up, it just, it hit really hard. I know it hit me really hard yesterday. Straight up, Londell, call me. Trevor, call me. Marone, call me. Anyone else that's around that's being involved with this stuff, Call me. Been around for a while. Maybe me being on the outside of stuff and not so close to it, I can see things a little bit more clearly. Call me. I'm here to help. I don't want no freaking money. All I want is him done right. Stop. Stop. It's it's not being done right. When you send out these tweets or whatever and you're not thinking about stuff, talk with me about it. That's how I would be with Julia. That's how I'd be with others as we would talk before stuff. They'd be like, hey, doc, what do you think about this? I was doing that. You know, because at one time they're going to have a purple army in different places, one in Canada, one in Europe, one in Australia. I was getting people ready for that. There's things that we discussed. Let's discuss it before putting it out and maybe not talk to the person that's so close to you that you're not seeing things as clearly as someone that's away from it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why my connection with him that I'm so thankful for and so grateful for lasted so long is because I didn't want to be right next to the situation. I could be far away from it and still be able to help and contribute, but see things clearly and not through Paisley windows, so to speak. And I know that some of, some of you, the fans from Minneapolis or whatever, you're close to these people and you think that, you know, I'm hurting them or whatever. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to do what's best for him, not them. I'm trying to do what's best for the fans in him. Okay. But it has to be what he would want first. And I understand for the Twitter account to be used and no one was expecting that. That was a bonehead move. And I don't know what to say with that, but right now we're going to try to make things a little bit lighter. We have a new group that Basically, it's it's one guy with Elisa Fiorillo and her daughter is on it as well. It's called Niall Quit the Band. Most likely going to be having Niall on and Elisa on, and they'll get her daughter as well. That was on some of the tracks. Uh, but let's try to put us in a good mood. And Chris, what is this track called? It's Good yeah, Day it's Sunshine. Called, yep, Good Day Sunshine by Niall Quit the Band. Well, it's the opposite of the moon. But let's try to get us in a better mood, y'all. I love you all. Just understand where I'm coming from with this. Nothing but love. And sometimes you got to get a little bit angry because I know all of us are. And I have to be your voice just like I was his. Much love. Here's Good Day Sunshine by Now Quit the Band with the Lisa Fiorillo Deese. Lisa Deese.
you. That was Niles Quit the Band with Elisa Dees and her daughter on vocals on that. And most of the album, Elisa Dees and her daughter on it. So that's going to be really fun. It's not so fun is uh, talking about what was going on. Jill Jones had a post on her Facebook. Um, as you know, she... After Vanity passed away, Prince invited Susan Muncy, Brenda Bennett, and Jill Jones and Apollonia to the Paramount shows in Oakland. And uh, I originally saw a Facebook post uh, the night that Jill was there saying, hmm. And I kind of wondered if she saw some things. And she did and elaborated on it. I remember that post from her. So, you know, and she she put in a Facebook post. uh, She saw Prince in February in the early part of this year at the show he had in Oakland right after the death of Denise Vanity. Told the girls, Apples, my friend Seth, Susan, and Susan's sister, he's on something. I was even speaking on it when he just popped up out of nowhere and said, hey, what are you guys talking about? Jill said she was mortified. Certain first that he heard me, heard her, and second, he knew I knew something and that he might have been thinking, oh, here comes Jill after all these years. Immediately, she's on the corner starting shit. FYI, he was a bit telepathic, no joke, and physically tuned. So I knew. Let me just add to that. Totally right about the um, totally right about the telepathic thing. It's just some weird stuff that just would happen over time of knowing him. Um, but... You know, she was around back in the day, you know, Susan kind of responded like, you know, when he said, what are you guys talking about? Susan just said you. And, um, you know, Jill said in order not to embarrass him at the moment, you know what, guys, we're not spring chickens anymore. Maybe we should all make a pact to get together once a year and take a vacation just to catch up and touch base on each other's lives. Something like that is what she said. She put Jill continued that I made a joke about us all doing something together, uh, things we have never done but wanted to. And my first suggestion was, let's all go skydiving. They all looked at me like I was crazy and Prince stated firmly, I'm not going to go skydiving, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I said, yes, let's all go to Dubai and skydive over the islands, laughingly. I knew they thought I was mad, but they all said they would go to Dubai, but maybe shop while I went skydiving. (laughs) This is bittersweet for me to speak on. I have not seen or spoken with him in years. Others kept giving me the old reason that he might have been sedated was because he had hip pain. So I accepted that reluctantly and begrudgingly. But I could see that he thoroughly enjoyed seeing us, and we all joked like time had never passed. But I knew him, the real him, the goofy him, the generous him. This is a man that I love dearly, and he meant so much to me in my life. My first love. And I'm still utterly destroyed that he is gone. He said he would be in touch with me in about two months as he wanted to talk about some things. Keep in mind, this is February, April. Hmm. Um, I will say that the people serving around him at this time, this is Jill saying this, y'all. I would have been hard-pressed to find anyone over the age of 25 years old, aside from Kirk. And even when I went to the bathroom, I could see two young Afrocentric, hipster, cool, jazzy young women hanging together in a bathroom stall, fidgeting with their makeup and lighting up and smoking some weed. I'd never known this to be the norm around anything in Prince's environment. 
I grew up in a musical entertainment family. She discusses that a little bit. You know, she toured with Rick James, Tina Marie, Marvin Gaye. So she had a lot of famous friends. I'm sure Rick's trailer probably sounded like Snoop Dogg's. Um, not Prince. Um, you know, she, she's, she, then she went back also and made a battle difficult to win with a friend when a loved one has someone blowing smoke up their ass at all times. Yes, men. Yep. As women. I said, <laughs> or woman. And yep. That's why sometimes at a distance it's better. When you watch people prey on your friends' weaknesses and insecurity, you have to slay the dragon. Sometimes you find yourself getting kicked out of the kingdom. By digress, eventually people come back to what is true. In fact, they long for it once again. Jill continued, I still find it tremendously difficult to understand how I, having not seen him in years, could detect an immediate problem. Was it because I had a com- comparison of prints in the early days to reference? Were these new people around him unaware because they did not know him before? Did I pick up on it because I had grown up with alcoholics and medication slash prescription abusers? Parentheses, I'm very sensitive to this as it creates a lot of anxiety in me. Look, when I was there at Paisley, like I said, they said it was the flu. That's why he's being this way. So they're putting that in my head, not the other stuff. Got to take it for what it's worth because I'm supposed to trust these people, right? Right. Um, And Jill goes on to continue again. I still do not mean to offend anyone by sharing this, but it's a burden that I don't want to carry alone. I feel pretty guilty. Like I should have kidnapped him. I'm not saying he was falling down, slurring, drugged up. Not at all. But I felt it. I felt it strongly. He was functioning, and to the naked eye, perhaps no one noticed, but I find it hard to believe. From my observation, his chi was off. I thought it was wild that he was using fractal mandolitis as the backdrop for his show. Backdrop for his show. We talked, and yes, we got some closure. I won't share those details, but I'm grateful to that. All I'll say is I fulfilled and played out the role he had created in the song She's Always on My Hair, which, if no one knows, was written about Jill Jones. Um, the girls had started to plan initiatives to alternate time to go to Paisley and take care of him, feed him, get his weight back. He was a bit gaunt. That was our solution when we left Oakland, as he seemed okay with everyone going there. But the organizing perhaps made him feel a bit smothered, and soon he dashed saying he had to eat something. Before going, he looked at me and said, If you ever need me or anything, please call Kirk and he will get me. I guess my main question has been this. Did I let him down? For a selfish bit of closure? Did I miss that opportunity to save him? Because of my narcissistic brain, I really believe that I could have. Or is it all just fantasy? How I would have liked the ending to have been. I feel we all feel this. For truly it is you, his fans, who carried him when many of us old-timers were not there physically. I'm grateful he had that. I just want to say I'm sorry for dropping the bail. The ball. The moment in February was bigger than my closure. I had no idea it was goodbye. Yeah, people were kind of harsh in the comments. Of course, people were blowing smoke up Jill's butt just like they did for Prince's, but you can't criticize how she's feeling. And the thing is, is I remember her putting on that Facebook, the whole hmm thing. She knew something was up. I don't think Jill's making that up to get more uh, likes on her private page. No, no, she's not like that. You know, um, it just isn't easy for anyone, whether you knew him back in the day or whatever. I just, I did find it interesting that over the past few years, a lot of people in the past did come back into his life, even Andre Simone, for 
for a little bit, you know, and he told me before, like, we, we don't have to be friends to see each other every see. We don't have to see each other every day to be friends. Right. You know, like I don't talk with Larry Graham every day. We're still friends. I don't have to see him every day. We're friends. That's kind of like, I feel like this yep. girl named Jeanette it was her birthday today. I didn't Facebook her happy birthday. I texted her. You know, last time I saw her was um, earlier this year. I took her to like a George Clooney movie premiere thing because she was a big George Clooney fan. I hang out all the time. I've known her from high school, since high school. Probably have hung out four or five times since then. Doesn't mean she's not my friend. Yep. You know, I see you a lot more. I see other people. We talk a lot more. Uh, there's just certain things I want in a circle that are close to it kind of like him because you don't know who you can trust, but he still considered all these people friends. And I know from personal experience, what said to me in 2006, 2007 is Jill Jones was one of the closest person persons to him in his entire life. And she was a big inspiration for him back then, Mm. you know? So I feel Jill's pain and let's uh, try not to criticize people that aren't throwing him under the bus, like bringing out personal details about other stuff and then getting upset at me for giving that person a hard time. Because like I said, if you do something that I don't think he'd like or you're doing stuff like this where you're tweeting out and you're making him a brand instead of a person, you're getting my side eye. You're getting a little, you're getting a, a little of my bass voice <laughs> a little bit more, you know? Yep. You can't have that, man. All right. Good news. Let's go with it. <laughs> There's some good news too. Dearly beloved. No. We're gathered here today to get through this thing called the Minnesota Wild. Dun, 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 dun. And they changed their goal song for each time a goal is scored by the Minnesota Wild. Home games, of course. Let's go crazy is going to be the song that plays throughout the arena when they score a goal. I may actually watch a few Minnesota Wild versus Kings games this year just for that. I you guarantee know. I'll watch every single Kings game versus the Wild. I promise that. So, yeah, so you won't get to hear it when they play the Kings. You might want to watch them play another team so you can hear that uh, song be played a few times. Just saying. <laughs> but, hey, didn't, didn't, didn't we hear somewhere about a month ago or so that talked about the Wild changing their goal-scoring song? We talked about it here because oh, that's Oh, that's do. right. That's right. It was here. But it's good to know that it's official now that ESPN has reported it. But you heard it here first. They made their announcement. Minnesota Wild made it. I just, with everything that's going on, I know that we need a kind of a little bit of Yeah, a little levity. It will make it fun. You know, um, another thing, you know, it's supposed to be Prince that opened up the U.S. Bank Arena in Minnesota August 13th. Uh, Metallica had a concert on their schedule. He was trying to beat them to it. Metallica did perform there. Um, Lars Ulrich, who was one of the proponents of opponents whatever the whole napster stuff back in the day that kind of created this whole pirating of music stuff and you know prince kind of wanted lars to be on the board of directors with him over internet music so lars spoke about prince recently to blabbermouth.com and lars says that he was devastated by the passing of prince and that metallica could relate to his resolve to make music on his own terms um 
Ulrich said about Prince's passing, I was devastated. I mean, he's obviously one of the biggest musical icons. Talk about someone who's a pioneer. What he did, not just for music and everything on the creative end, but also on the business side. He sort of took a stance and never took the business side for granted and was pretty autonomous and kind of did his own thing, which is something we can all relate to. You know, we've always considered ourselves in Metallica to be a little bit sort of living in our own world and playing by our own set of rules. And I really, really respected and admired the fact that Prince didn't follow the way it was supposed to be on the business side. So both sides, creatively and the other stuff, he was a true independent, which is what we consider ourselves to be in a true pioneer. So it's a tragic loss. And obviously, it would have been awesome to see what else would have come out from him for another 30 or 40 years. But certainly I, as a fan, can't wait to see what happens when they open up the vaults. I'm sure there's some cool stuff in there. You know, another thing, another hard rock thing that we saw with uh, Guns N' Roses taking over Dodger Stadium. And we'll, you know, ask how that is in a minute. But Duff, for the entire shows, he's had a Prince symbol on his base. Like, you've been to the shows, you know, and I know what they were trying to do before the tour started, and they still haven't done it, is they kind of wanted to incorporate a little bit of Purple Rain, the opening into november rain and they haven't done it yet and it would duff, have been perfect and duff is exactly duff has been kind of like rehearsing trying to play bambi so maybe on the japanese leg of the tour that you're going to oh, get man. that yeah but, i i would totally want to hear that yeah. yeah that was a great great show i went on thursday night i was uh i was really impressed not to kind of take a sidetrack but uh mm-hmm. yeah i had low expectations for guns and roses and uh they <laughs> just knocked it out of the park. I mean, the whole, the whole stadium was packed. It was awesome. It was right. really, it was great, great show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, the one thing to kind of going alongside that you I wanted to backtrack to talking about us bank. Uh-huh. Um, Luke Bryan, the country singer just, just played there. I think it was last week and uh-huh. little big town, the opening band who they have, they're huge right now did when doves cry. <clears throat> So that was uh, pretty special. I saw a video of that. That's cool. When is there going to be a band called Wrangler Butts Driving Nuts? Pretty ladies. <laughs> anyway. Um, Guns N' Roses, they were hardcore Prince fans because Rock and Rio 1990, they co-headlined with Prince. And they, insane. They were checking out his show. Prince took the stage four or five hours late that night, two o'clock in the morning, and they were all, they were all there, Slash, wow. Duff, Axel. Uh, the drummer, who's no longer the drummer now, but was Steven Adler. Then, Steven Adler, who yeah, showed up all... Friday night and played with Guns N' Roses. Really, I missed it by one night. I was so mad. Anyway, Rainbow but yeah, Rock and Rio. <laughs> yeah, Rock and Rio, man. All right, well, guys, I hope this helped you. We're all a little bit angry. We're all a little bit sad. Um, we're gonna do is we're going to close out the show tonight with one of our favorite people, a little bit more of an upbeat song as well for that. Our boy, Marcus Anderson. We're going to play you his track from 2014, All About You. Marcus and Adrian, Elisa, Shelby, Jerome. We have a lot of guests lined up. It's just there's been all this stuff going on, and we don't want to rush things with it. Um 
There's a Purple Rain screening happening in LA next Monday. We will be reporting on the next podcast. Um, should be able to have a little bit of alone time with Jerome. I never met Jill before. I hope to talk with her. Um, we've only kind of like talked through Facebook to kind of like, yo, is this story true? Is this going on? We kind of back and forth over the past couple of years, not always in contact. Albert Magnolia will be there. So I'm sure he'll be talking about how he wants to do a Purple Rain sequel. So we'll have to deal with that. If I drank, I'd probably be drinking after that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it should be fun. We're going to report on it. And then after that, Chris is going to be heading to Minneapolis to see the revolution at First Avenue. He will be having his phone as a recording device. Uh, just seeing what some of you guys think of the podcast and some moments that you want to share with us about Prince, like how we did. And uh, some suggestions for the podcast as well that you guys have. Absolutely. I don't think I'm ready to go there yet, guys. I appreciate the love that you guys want me there. I'm just, I'm not in that place yet. Um, but Chris will be there. And thank you guys so much, Chris. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank you as um, always. And here, like I said, to close out the show on a high note, it's all about you by our boy, Marcus Anderson. Much love. Keep it funky, y'all. <laughs>